and uh, looking at the book of Acts, and we're looking at uh, some of the elements, some of the things that took place. I'll get out of your way, Ron, sorry. A little housekeeping. Um, thanks, guys, appreciate that. Um, looking in, in Acts and asking a question, what are some of the elements, what are some of the things that took place in order for the, the gospel message, or the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the salvation that that brings to us, how did the apostles get that moving? How was it that they went viral uh, throughout the world in their day? And um, today's our last day of that series. We're going to be moving into a new series called Off the Chain, looking uh, in the book of Galatians, the letter Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. Uh, but today we want to close it off. We're going to close it off a little bit different than normal, as you can tell. And... Um, Someone's leaving gifts up here. I'm not sure. It's not chocolate. <laughs> Sorry. It's just blue tape. Um, but real quick, a little bit of review before uh, I tell you what we're going to do this morning. Uh, we're, we've got some psychologist thing going on. So some of you are going to lay down on the couch, and I'm going to ask you what. Uh, okay, maybe not. Anyways, um, so the first week, I'm going to see how well you guys, see how good of a teacher I am. And I'm going to ask you guys would give back to me. What are some of the things we've been covering over the last week? So the first week, coming right off of the resurrection, we talked about the, the fact that the disciples encountered Jesus. See how I'm helping you here? And so what did we talk about? That one of the, the very most important part of the gospel message to be able to go viral was that we needed to, what? Encounter the resurrected Jesus. There you go. Okay, I was trying to help you with my answer uh, or, or my question. So yeah, the need for us to, to interact or to encounter the resurrected Jesus Christ in our own lives. The disciples had been with Jesus um, for his three plus years on earth, uh, at least in the ministry part of it anyways, and, but they didn't really truly understand what this whole gospel message was, what this whole mission that God had in bringing people back to him in relationship with him through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection until they encountered him after the resurrection. And he, it says in Luke that he, he explained again everything to them and brought them understanding. They had it fully understood now. They got it. They understood the message. Then we talked about the second week that... They were then Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes and empowers the disciples. What's that? Right, so we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, somebody's taking notes. I love it. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Yeah, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. God gives us His Holy Spirit, who gives us the understanding of the gospel in our own lives so that we can receive it, receive God's forgiveness, but then he empowers us and gives us the ability to go out and share that gospel in our day so that it goes viral in our day as well. The third week, we had Pastor Kevin uh, piped in from the main campus, and anybody remember what he talked about? Okay, that was fourth week. Hang on to that one, Sharon. That was, that was back to me. So, what? Yeah, he, he says, uh, tell what you know, give what you can right? And so all we can do is really tell people what we know. What has God done in our lives? If we've accepted Christ, we know what that means to accept Christ and do what we can to serve people and to help people and encourage people. Sharon came up with the next week, which was confidence through persecution. The fact that the, the disciples received the persecution that Jesus said that they were going to have, 
And the fact that they saw that as a confidence builder, they realized that God was at work. God was doing something, and he was doing it through them, and that caused them to be confident and excited about it. And that they were also confident they could bring the message to anybody because, as Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say it was happening, and they were sharing Christ with people, all kinds of different people, scary people, not-so-scary people, government officials, um, non-government officials, and they were able to do it. Then what we had in the fifth week, we talked about sharing outside your comfort zone, sharing with those who truly need Christ, who they themselves know they have a need. Again, oftentimes we go to people who are a lot like maybe us, who we feel comfortable talking to, but they don't see the need. They're religious in their own mind, and so therefore they feel like they've got everything figured out. And the need for us to go to people who we obviously, and they obviously know they need Christ, meeting them where they're at, sharing who Christ is. And then last week we talked about, what did we talk about? Oh yeah, the simplicity of the gospel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I forgot that for a second. Uh, yeah, simplicity of the gospel. And we just took you through the Romans road. Um, it's a little phrase for four or five verses in the book of Romans that uh, explain what the simple gospel of of Christ is, and that's what one of the things that as the disciples and the apostles went through Acts, uh, they were just simply sharing that gospel, and, and that we have that um, ability and um, tool that we can use, and we left some cards out on the information counter. Well, today I thought, you know, I'm going to do something a little different. I'm always up for doing some things differently, and um, I thought, well, let's just talk about, I, I, some of you might have got an email from me about um, a drug dealer in Ashland, Ohio that uh, came to Christ through a series of um, connections with other people who knew Christ already. It's kind of a cool story. And then that got me thinking, you know, what are some, um, how is it that the gospel has gone viral here in our community, uh, in Northwood area? And so I thought, you know, I think what I'm going to do is I want to interview a couple of our guys. Uh, I've met with them and talked to them quite a bit. I know their story. And I thought, you know, it might be kind of interesting. One of them um, is Pat. And Pat, you can come on up. Uh, you can pick either the couch or the chair. It's up to you. And uh, Pat's been here at this church. He actually was one of the original 14 that uh, approached Grace Community Church and said, hey, would you mind taking us on as a, as a campus church? If you take the couch, you can lay down. Anyways, um, so, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. Boy, you and the coffee, it's just a complete sacrifice. Um, so he's our coffee tester every morning uh, on Sunday. He gets there first, checks the coffee out. It's a beautiful ministry. Um, but anyways, so Pat is one of the original 14, and he and I have had a chance to get to know each other, and um, he has a, a story um, of how the Lord, how he came to Christ. And uh, the other one is Greg Hart, and Greg, you can come on up. Uh, Greg's had recent foot surgery, so he may want to lay down on the couch, I don't know. Um, Greg is one of our newest um, attenders, soon-to-be members, once we get to that Sunday and get everybody... Um, settled in, but, uh, but, and actually kind of a neat thing, both of them live back here in this um, community back here, so it's kind of neat. But uh, Greg um, has recently come with Renee, and, um, and they're attending, actually Zoe, they're, one of their daughters is with us too this morning. Uh, Greg's gotten involved with the music ministry, Pat's, uh, he's basically do it all around the church kind of guy, um, who's up on the roof and down on the ground, I mean, climb back down onto the ground. And uh, yesterday was doing a bunch of work. But I, so I just want to interview these guys a little bit and uh, let you guys know their story. Um, 
And they'd, they'd be the first to uh, admit that nothing special with these two guys in that sense. Um, it's just what's special is that they understood who Jesus Christ was, and they gave their lives to Christ. And I just thought it might be good for you guys to hear their story. And in the future, as we have opportunity to do this, I might be calling on some of you guys um, to be a part of that. I've got a, a mic over here. Let me scoot past you here if I can. Whoa, okay. And uh, I'm uh, knocking the pastor over. All right, there you go. That's on, so careful what you say. <laughs> all right, so just first of all, guys, why don't you, uh, why don't you just share with everybody um, a little bit what was life like prior to coming to Christ? Um, what was life like? What were you kind of focused on in life? Uh, that type of thing. Well, well for me, for me, I was uh, raised in the Old West End. If you're from the Tour area, you know that's across from the Tour Art Museum, you know, Collins Street, Robin Wood, that whole area. And it was during the 60s, which was a turbulent time in our society. Uh, we had uh, assassinations that took place, civil rights movement, and civil unrest. And it was a very uh, divided community that I lived in, and it was a place of, uh, I guess I'd say survival. Uh, there was a lot of racial tension, and walking to school every day, I was raised a, a Catholic. Uh, I went to Rosary Cathedral, a big old church out there in the old West End, and um, going to church every day, or go, yeah, going to school, we'd walk to school, and then on the way home was typically a fight that took place uh, to try and make it home safely. You had to survive. Uh, that was uh, the growing up years. Uh, I went, uh, when I was old enough, uh, I was asked by my dad if I wanted to uh, go to church anymore, the whole family, we said no, <laughs> and uh, no surprise there. But, uh, you know, there was lots of stories I could tell about what defined my character when I was a kid growing up. Uh, stubborn, uh, my brother, uh, older brother, he's a year and a half older than me, coming from a family of four, uh, he's playing with a golf club in the backyard and asked me to move and I said no <laughs> and he swung it and put a slice in my eye <laughs> you know that kind of thing the stubbornness the self-willed the uh, attitude of uh, my way or no way you know was a persistent uh, theme in my life um, in high school it was very rough uh, from the standpoint of trying to fit in so you were tempted and gave in to the temptation for drinking, uh, for smoking pot, and even had a friend who got me involved in selling marijuana. All bad things. Uh, but at the time, it, it helped you fit in, so you felt normal. And, um, you know, other things, I mean, you go on. I, I got involved with uh, planning a robbery. And fortunately... Uh, the guy's, uh, the, my friend's dad was a convict. So when they ran the plate, uh, every cop in town came and uh, we got released. There wasn't enough uh, evidence to uh, take us away to jail. I mean, you look at all those kinds of things and uh, it's amazing. God's grace was present at a time when I was his enemy and was totally opposed to everything God stood for. But his, his grace was still upon me, even when I didn't know him and even demonstrated how I hated him. Mm 
Greg, what was life? I know you came to know the Lord, I think, younger, in your younger years, so. For me, uh, I was 10, so not a lot was going on in my life then. Um, Ashley uh, wasn't raised too far from where Pat was. Um, little, you know, a couple miles maybe, but I was born and raised in a uh, Catholic neighborhood, Polish neighborhood, and uh, had everything I wanted, when I, you know, and then one day my uh, family was invited to a church in Toledo called Toledo Baptist Temple, and it just seemed like the right thing to do, so I, I accepted Christ as my Savior. But that's not where my story ends, because uh, when I was 16, my parents got divorced, and I just got mad, mad at God, mad at everybody, and uh, I just completely turned my back on God, and uh, that's when my life started getting crazy. Uh, I got involved with Wicca. Uh, if, if you don't know what that is, it's basically, it's witchcraft, it's earth magic. Uh, I didn't actually do any spell casting. I just got involved with hanging out with the guys and learning about it and, and uh, what, what have you. And, and I made a purchase. I bought a uh, computer, and I didn't have the money to pay for it, so I stole it. I stole it from my place of work. And uh, it's probably the biggest regret I had in my life. And, uh, of course, I got caught. And you know, thank God I got caught because it would have probably continued. And uh, so I got caught. They, th they were going to send me to jail, but I worked out a deal with them that if I could pay it back within a certain time frame, I, a couple months, I don't remember exactly anymore, uh, they would not prosecute me. So I paid it back, and uh, but you know, still I was far away from God. It was, I had some friends that were Christians, and I was really good at putting on the show, you know, acting like a Christian around them. But deep down in my heart, I, I knew I wasn't living for Christ, even though I had accepted Him as Savior. And I believe that if I would have died, then I still would have gone to heaven. But I wasn't living for the Lord. I wasn't. I, you know, I, could, I couldn't care less, honestly. Anyway, uh, one day a friend of mine came up to visit me from uh, Chicago on his motorcycle. And I decided, well, we're going to go buy some tickets to go see uh, Phantom of the Opera up in Toronto. So 5 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, so it's rush hour. On the back of his motorcycle, he's never had anybody on the back of a motor his bike. He never had a passenger. He cut right in front of a car and we got creamed. The bike landed on my foot. Shattered it completely. I lost a year of work, lost everything. My car, my house, everything. And uh, there, while I was in the hospital, my friend Mary Beth come up to me and she says, would you, like, would you mind if my pastor came and talked with you and prayed with you? Sure. And uh, she had no idea how I was really living. She thought I was still being a good, honest kid. But anyway, her pastor comes and he sits down and opens up his Bible to Psalm 23 and starts reading it, and he closed his Bible and then started turning to a different place. And he goes, I don't know why, but God tells me I need to read this instead. And he read Psalm 139. It's, at that time, I don't think I heard a word he said other than, and this is not the exact quote from the Bible, but this is how I heard it. You can run, but you can't hide. And... Uh, Basically, the psalm is talking about no matter where you are, God will be there for you, and he'll see you. But that's how I heard it. You can run, but you can't hide. 
that night after the pastor left, I uh, rededicated my life to Christ. I wrote my first song, my first Christian song, there in the hospital. And uh, so, how old were you at that at that point? I think I was twenty, just turning twenty-one. Okay, all right. Um, so, Pat, why don't you so we kind of get an idea of where Greg was and how he came to Christ? Why don't you kind of give us a brief? Sure. On how yeah. you came to Christ, what were the circumstances yeah. that led that? Well, it's really interesting in how at each point it, it was someone in my life. You know, it wasn't like a vision or whatever. Someone spoke to me about, about Christ. It started uh, in, in high school. I was a wrestler. When that ended, I needed something to challenge myself, try and fill that gap. So I joined the Marine Corps, of all things. And... Uh, you know, to get out of work and responsibilities while in basic training, I'd go to church. And someone at the church handed me a Gideon New Testament when I walked through the doors. Well, I read in the back its invitation to receive Christ, and it was meaningless to me. Uh, the Spirit of God had not yet worked that work in my heart. So a few years later, I come back, and this is the fun part. <laughs> Uh, there's a few ladies in here named Di, Diane. Well, there was a Diane in my life when I was a young man, and uh, I was dating her. And uh, I was told by the guy that introduced us that she was a real Bible freak. And I said, well, I'm a Marine, so that doesn't bother me any. Well, we're going on a road trip to Detroit up I-75, and she's telling me Romans 3.23, Pat, you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You're a sinner. Boy, that got me angry. Now the Spirit of God is beginning to work on my heart. And instead of not listening, not understanding, I'm taking offense, but I'm thinking about it. But I'm really compelled to open the door and push her out. <laughs> and the only thing that kept me from doing that was the law of the, law of the land. <laughs> so uh, we made it to Detroit back okay, and she's safe and sound. But, uh, but the Lord was working on my heart. And I, she invited me to a Bible study. And again, so we've got the guy that handed me a New Testament uh, at the Marine Corps basic training camp. I went to church. Got the lady who I dated that testified to me about my sin problem. So that's a second person in my life. Third person, Bible study I'm going to. His name was Dorn Snyder, another name. Dorn Snyder. Leading the study, the Holy Spirit was heavy on my heart. I was 21 at the time, just turned 21. Told all my friends, I'm not drinking. I wasn't saved, but I was under conviction. I knew that getting drunk was just something that would displease God. So I said, I'm not doing that. And all my friends left me. And in turn, I went to that study, and Dorn was a Gideon. You familiar with the Gideon ministry? took this very same Gideon New Testament, opened it in the back, and I wanted to meet with him after the study, and he wanted to meet with me. It was a Holy Spirit-driven moment. And we read through the verses of God loves you, all are sinners, Romans 3.23, Romans 3.10. God's remedy for sin, and it came to me to make that decision and I agreed with God about my sin for the first time I confessed to God I'm a sinner and God gave me then 
the grace to receive his only gift, which was the shed blood of his son, Jesus Christ, which was the forgiveness of my sin. And it was at that point in time that I accepted Christ. And uh, I had the privilege 30 years later to take Dorn to, you know Bob Evans here right around the corner? On our, my 30th spiritual birthday, I took him out. And uh, five years later, he passed away. Hmm. So I praise the Lord that I could turn around and say thank you for being a faithful witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And even at that moment, he, he asked the waitress, is there something I can pray for you about? Hmm. You know? hmm. And I'm like, wow. You know, just yeah. be an example all along the way. And there's more to come, more yeah. things. I don't want to take all so you So you were 21? I was 21 when God saved me. Okay. And then for you, Greg, you came to Christ. You believe when you, you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior at 10 years old, kind of got that nailed as a time of, yeah, I made that commitment. But then, you know, like, like kids are, you know, we have a tendency sometimes to uh, rebel, disobey, kind of get away. And so you were, would you say, about 20, 21 when 20, you 20, 21, yeah. Okay, in the hospital. So... Just as we're kind of closing out, um, what are some things, one or two things that, um, that you've maybe learned over these years um, through your relationship with Christ, um, differences from what life was like prior to, to, to today, that kind of thing? What are just some transformation, you know, the Bible talks about having spiritual transformation change in our lives. What, what are you, a couple things that might come to mind? For, for me, one of the biggest things is no matter what we do, you know, what kind of awful, terrible, bad things we do, there's nothing we can do that Christ can't forgive, that his blood can't cover. And, you know, I mean, it, not, not saying that, you know, Christ is going to relieve you from the consequences of your actions, because I do believe that the consequences of your actions could live with you forever like me. Um, I've got this big problem with my feet. I've got screws and stuff in there, and one of them had to be taken out a couple weeks ago because of some problems, but it's a constant reminder. Uh, makes me think of Paul. Paul spoke, constant, or spoke of a thorn in his flesh, and we don't really know what it is. I mean, there's a lot of theologians that speculate what it could be, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is, it was a constant reminder for Paul's previous life, and so you, know, there's, you don't necessarily get saved from, from uh, your consequences, but you do get saved from eternal consequences. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was probably one of the biggest things that I've learned and I'm really thankful for. Okay. Yeah. There, there have been a lot of important things, I think, that demonstrates the, the change, transformation from being self-centered, self-serving, to being God-dependent. Uh, and it was the Spirit of God that caused the change. Uh, as a Marine, you're full of pride, and, and I don't need to get into all the ungodliness that would make a Marine look like a Marine, but all those things I was committed to. And God entered into my life, and all those things were immediately put aside. It was like night and day. And... Uh, 
there were lots of changes. I mean, because you know that was a, you can do the math. Thirty-seven years ago, plus twenty-one, whatever. But uh, that's where I am now. And there's been so many different answers to prayer, both big and small, that have happened over the years since God saved me. And it was God who saved me. I, I couldn't save myself. God convicted my heart of sin. God, by His Spirit, caused me to realize that there that was unrighteousness and judgment and sin that he has to deal with. And he offered the only forgiveness which was through his son. And it was his shed blood. But what I wanted to be clear about is that uh, all these uh, different people that spoke into my life with the word of God, the spirit of God used to cause me to be born again. And probably the most marked period of growth in my life since then was uh, a man named John Robertson came alongside me. He actually, he asked me to come alongside him and teach, co-teach a Bible study at the Juvenile Detention Center downtown Toledo and then also the Work Release Center downtown. And he mentored me in the faith. He helped me with the discipline of studying the Word of God and teaching the Word of God and loving others so that they can see Christ as I see Christ, that they too can have faith in our risen Lord and Savior. And I think that's a key component to Christian living is coming alongside and encouraging others in the faith. And he uh, handed that over to me a wonderful privilege, did it for 15 years, but I had a job change a couple of years ago and uh, couldn't continue doing it. But I look forward to the opportunity to minister in that way again, someone coming alongside with me, and the door is open to go back to the Work Release Center and, and to share Christ in a setting that is, uh, honestly, in today's environment with ACLU and all that, that we're able to have a Bible study at the Work Release Center is to me just the hand of God in that whole situation. So uh, the opportunity is still there. I still have connections with the, uh, the administrator out there and uh, have been praying about continuing that study. And I think that was probably the most uh, beneficial time of growth in my life when a mature believer uh, asked me to come alongside with him and, and mentored me in the faith. Okay. Got a couple minutes, so I'm going to throw one at you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask. I gave him a little bit of a heads up. They're doing a great job, aren't they? I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I should have just shut up and let them go. I mean, <laughs> actually, that's kind of what I did. So just um, what's, um, what's the thing that keeps you guys coming back to Grace Point? Well, for, for me, it's, it's uh, coming alongside and being a part of others who are of like mind to share Christ with the community and to be a part of that, to participate in, in being a faithful witness, just wanting the community to, to see that Christ is present here at this location and to come and, and join us in, in, in that effort. Having been here before, um, just uh, seeing, uh, you can only do so much and, and there's strength in numbers. When someone comes alongside, kind of like when I was being discipled by that uh, mature believer, 
You know, he came alongside, he had me come alongside him, and he showed me what it was to teach the Word of God, to share your faith with others. And as we minister here, that that's my, keeps me coming back, to be with others of like mind, to proclaim Jesus Christ to the community, and to be a part of that, that good work that would glorify God. And, and just building up treasure in heaven, that's what it's all about. For me, you know, being a relatively new member, a little over a month now, new soon-to-be member, I suppose. Um, your sense of humor? No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> My good looks. Yeah, your dashing good looks. No, really, though, it's your realness and the realness of the people that go here. Um, I just feel like everybody can just live. They're, they're who they are. They, they, they are who they, who they appear to be. And they're not afraid to say, hey, I'm a sinner. I'm saved by grace. And I just, I just, I just, I guess it's the, like I said, it's the realness and the fact that I feel like uh, you don't have to put on a show. You don't have to put on a face on Sunday and then that face comes off on Monday. You can just be who you are and people will love you and pray for you. And I mean, I've already experienced that here several times. You know, people, you know, knew I was going into surgery, they send me an email to pray for me and it's just I just I enjoy that it's, it's like a sense of family yeah okay well, you guys can just stay here let me uh, kind of wrap things up just some just listening to what you guys have been talking about uh, just maybe some things that we can take away from it for our own life first of all and I wrote them down here just real quickly one is people um, each of you guys and, and me and I'm sure anybody anybody here in this room has people who poured into their lives that the camel came into their life um, and shared Christ in one way or another, um, action or, or word or, or both. Um, and then there's steps to understanding it. Um, you know, I, I keep, for some reason, I've been thinking a lot about John 9, where the, the blind man was given sight by Christ, but he did it over three steps. You know, he gave the guy some sight, and he says, what do you see? Well, I see things kind of ghostly figures, you know. And then he prayed again, and he, he received sight. He says, well, I see the, what appears to be men, you know, people. And then he said, he prays again, now what do you see? I see completely clearly. And it's almost, in some of our lives, and some of the people that are in our lives, they're on that process. They're in that stepping of understanding. Um, and we get to be a part of that, I guess is kind of where I'm going with that. Whereas we interact with people, we may not be the person who gets to pray with them when they accept Christ, um, but we're going to be one of those people who give them some insight, some touch them at their point in their life where they need that and where they have that kind of understanding. But then there, there is that point of decision. There is that, whether it's a, as a young kid or an older kid or even older yet, there is that point of decision where we say, yes, I believe Christ died on the cross for my sins and I'm, I'm nothing without him. I'm eternally lost without him. And we, we give ourselves to him and ask for his forgiveness. There's that um, inter, you know, interaction with Christ, that exchange of our sin and his righteousness, his uh, rightness uh, to us. Uh, and then there's change that happens in our lives. We, uh, you know, we talk about, the Bible talks about transformation, becoming more like Christ. Um, and for that to happen, there's that coming alongside. So it's, it's interesting Really, in one sense, we can't do our faith without people. Um, 
from, the, from prior to coming to Christ to when we come to Christ to afterwards as we go in our faith. It's always people, people helping us, people encouraging us. And like we've had people come alongside of us, we need to be those kind of people who come alongside other people. And one of the things that we're doing within the ministries here at the church is uh, we don't ever really want people to do ministry by themselves. Uh, we, we want people in the habit of, well, I'm going to have somebody do it with me. So I'll just give you a for instance. Um, you know, Greg, and, Greg Walter and, and Pat, um, they've been doing a lot of the maintenance and work around the building here and keeping it up and keeping it looking good. Um, but then, you know, I was saying to them, well, we need some people helping when it comes to uh, cleaning the church. And so we got people together to help them to come alongside of them to clean a church. Um, and, uh, you know, I was a facility manager for four years, and so I've hugged a few toilets in my life, you know. So I'm in there, Kim's in there, Ellie's in there. We're, you know, helping. We're part of that coming alongside. Asked the guy, some guys or some people if they'd be willing to come alongside of them when it came to doing the landscaping and taking care. So guys jumped up for that. And now there's relational, con- you know, uh, commitment happening there to help them. They're interacting together, they're talking about the Lord, they're finding out more about each other. Women's ministry, you know, Kim and Di right now, they're kind of the ones working together to get that rolling, but the, for other ladies in our church to be, uh, be involved in that. So everything we do when it comes to ministry, uh, we're going to be wanting people to, who are doing the ministry to find others who can come alongside of them and help them with the ministry and grow together and develop. Because it's, it's what Christ wants us to do, it's what His, His Word teaches us. Um, and um, so anyways, just, just some thoughts here as we kind of close out this series on going viral to kind of bring it to our day and where we're at, Grace Point Church, Northwood area. You, as you leave here and go out you know, into the world, your world, your sphere of influence, um, Sunday afternoon and Monday at work or school or um, wherever you might be during the week, that we have this incredible opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ something that will change somebody's life for an eternity and not only free them from the consequences of, uh, of sin and its eternal consequences, but of its earthly power, be able to free us to live for Christ. So let's go ahead and stand, and we'll go ahead and close in prayer. But again, I appreciate you guys, Pat and Greg, being willing to come up here and um, put your faces in front of everybody, and you guys did a great job. I appreciate it. Let's give them a, give them a hand. And, uh, and as we go, go along, there may be opportunities, like I said, where I uh, call you up and see if you'd be willing to come up and share your testimony one way or another. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this opportunity to worship you as a church family. And that worshiping doesn't stop here. As we leave here, Lord, we continue to worship you through how we live our lives and uh, through the impact we seek to make in other people's lives, choices that we make. Lord, I'm so thankful for Pat and Greg and uh, for their friendship and uh, for the fact that they're brothers in Christ, that, um, that they've given their lives to you, that they are uh, actively sharing you with others and being a part of our church family. And I just pray that their stories would have encouraged us that are here uh, today. And Lord, if someone here doesn't know you, that their stories might have said it, you know, been maybe similar or something that causes them to realize you know, this is something that they need to do, that they can give their lives to you. They can ask you for the forgiveness of their sins and and trust in Christ and Christ alone, his work on the cross for that salvation, that they would do that. Um, Lord, again, thanks for today. Pray for your blessing on each one as they leave here. 
give him a great rest of the day today and a great week ahead. Um, help our lives to intersect with those who need Christ and give us the words to say in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day and great week.